and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Dev Gundy. I feel very lucky to get to talk to incredible chefs, most of them with many years experience in the industry. And I often ask chefs what their advice would be to people at the start of their career. I've heard a lot of gems. It seems apt then, every now and then, to chat to one of these chefs who might appreciate that advice, someone who's just starting out, and to hear how things are going as they embark on their journey. Dev is one of these young chefs. He got in touch with me through Instagram to say how much he enjoyed conversation with a chef and to invite me to his inaugural cooking culture connection event. I couldn't make it, unfortunately, but I could tell that he was passionate about what he was doing and I invited him onto the podcast. Dev moved to Melbourne from India a year ago to study cookery at Le Cordon Bleu. Dev and I talked about what made him swap finance for food as well as how it's all going now he has his Cert 3, is working on Cert 4, as well as working for Delaware North of the MCG and running his passion project, Cooking Culture Connection. We also talked about his childhood food memories and how inspirational his mum was and is in it all. Dev's eyes light up when he talks about food and this was a lovely conversation. Hi Dev, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? <laughs> good, thank you. Thank you for coming all the way to Port Melbourne in the rain. It's amazing. I'm glad I have a car. <laughs> yes, oh, thank you. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's right. I sort of, um, we actually just recently moved here yeah. like a month ago and so it's oh, kind wow. of all, it's all new for me this area as well. So I've never, I've actually never invited a chef to the complex that's before, a, so welcome. <laughs> yes, it's pretty, like it's very pretty from inside. It is Outside is just traffic. Is, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Sorry, thank you. No, 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 <laughs> a rainy Melbourne night. Yeah. Um, so we were about to start talking before I pushed record um, because yeah. I feel like you've got lots of things, got lots of things to talk about. Yeah. I had a look. You're running two Instagram accounts: your personal one, and then another yeah. one called Abioko. Yes. Yeah. So Abioko is uh, basically a baby that I grew in my hometown. Yeah. It's uh, it started on my mom's birthday. 5th of Feb 2016, now 17, my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it means generally when you have a good meal and your stomach's like, oh, and then you want to open your like button, just sit like that. That's what Abyoko <laughs> is. That's the feeling after you have really good food. Yeah. So uh, I opened that uh, just because I was doing finance in my hometown, doing bachelor's in business. But I got so bored out of it. Yeah. And so half, like when I was two years down my college, I decided to pursue my passion for cooking, which was always kind of that. I used to love food. I used to love cooking for like little occasions. But then I started thinking, you know what, like I might be onto something. I need to start something. So I started posting recipes, started doing blogs, kind of like that on Instagram. And then... Uh, 
like after six months of doing it posting like little recipes and people start asking there was a little community growing someone saw a post and randomly asked me if i could take an order and i was i did not know how to take it in because i was just doing it randomly yeah so that started and uh from there after three years i hit 100 clients a month that was big for me because i was doing it from home and then i decided to come to melbourne to do this professionally because uh i thought that i have something that i want to lose yeah like i have some i i love food i love uh baking i love uh, i want to see this side of me where i am doing savory side yeah. like the culinary side of it not baking or pastry mm. so i came here to learn that's the kind of like my backstory not a brief answer but a little yeah. long one and you went to look the look on blue yes yeah. i went to look on blue yeah melbourne so was that a year ago or uh no so i've done my certificate 3 okay i'm still doing my certificate 4 okay currently at uh yeah so basically i'm doing that and uh i'm working side by side uh i'm working at with delaware north for now mm. where's that uh that's the mcg oh okay yeah also oh, like big scale catering big scale catering and uh currently i'm hired there as basically a cdp mm. and they're making me handle outlets so we do production together in a very big kitchen and then we go to our outlets so I get to handle like one of the outlets. That's also a very new experience for me. Yeah. To actually manage something for the wow. first time. Not yeah. just the food, but just, just like, you know, just two or three people. But it's still new experience for me. Yeah. So that's pretty good for me for now. That's so, awesome. And I was yeah. just speaking to someone. I've spoken to a few chefs recently. So yeah. I just can't quite remember which one it was. Who said his advice for young chefs was to... Um, to go to all kinds of different places. So the, yes. the large scale catering, cafes, restaurants, yes. all of that. So yeah, you're, 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 ticking, you're ticking boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so the last, the last place I was working at was I think one of the best places, uh, the best chefs that I've ever worked with. It was at, like I said, I was working at Botanical Hotel. Yeah. I was working with the chef called Sam Hopkinson. I don't think I've ever seen such a calm chef. Wow. Because before, just before that, I was working at Bistro Theory in Hawksburn. And uh, the chef, superb, very good, but he has his own way of doing things. He's French, Frederick. And uh, I think he taught me discipline in three months. I wouldn't have learned it in even 10 years, the way he like treated uh, me. He treated food so wisely. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like the standard just goes higher. Even if it's a bistro, he loves the food he's serving. Mm. And he would do anything for it. Mm. So that commitment for food came from there. And then I went to Botanicals, started from Larder. I think that was one of the hardest sections for me because it was a lot of stuff. Okay. Are you saying sorry? No, I was going to say, what is hard about Larder? So uh, they used to do a lot of seafood. Okay. Never filleted a, uh, a fish before. Yeah, wow. So for me, I had to learn that. Yes. That skill was new itself. And like I said, Sam, uh, he was so helpful doing, you know, like he, he's learned from Japan. Mm. So he's, I'm not like, I don't know if you know this, but like Japanese chefs are very calm kind of people and they are very patient with what they teach. So I think even if I might have slipped up so many times, he used to always say, they've listened, this is how we do it, this is the technique. 
so from there to in two or three months he shifted me to pans which is kind of like a big moment for me just mm. uh, shifting sections but it was like i need to know how to maintain the section well mm. in order to move on to the next level of it mm. so and so what sort of, what sort of things are you doing in that section is so that ladder or the pan the pan, pan. the pan is hot just yeah. uh, we're doing pastas yeah. we're doing uh, seafood i was doing there was a flat grill as well so we're doing a lot of fish like we're doing uh, john dory a lot uh, we were doing uh, alfonsino and uh, in the ladder we're doing kingfish and uh, stuff like that but i think just uh, not the food but just the way that they taught me kind of reflected in like you know because we all do long hours mm. so regardless like people work insanely in hospitality and that is something that uh, inspires me mm. to do more that a human can do so much mm. and uh, so basically learning from that place was just not the food but also uh, the kind of chef i want to become because for me right now i'm learning so many things even this conversation for me is like am i like uh, not not that uh, i don't think that i deserve it but you know <laughs> just talking to uh, a person who wants to know my story yeah is so random for me right yeah, now because i'm like uh, i'm in a very different space yeah uh, i'm still learning so much and you having so many good chefs on your Mm, but I think that that's interesting to hear someone at the start of their journey and to be reminded about some of those things about what it's like to start out and especially in a city like Melbourne where there yes. are so many um, amazing restaurants and there's there so a lot many. of food writing and there's um, amazing chefs so I think that it's good to be reminded about you know starting out, starting out and putting in the hard work because another point is that people watch MasterChef or a cooking show and think they can go from zero to a hundred oh, yeah, really yeah. fast and you've got to as you say, you got to put in the hours. Yes. Yeah. The, the, I think the journey is like, uh, I, I've loved my journey. I never thought that I could work so long for like so many hours. But isn't that regulated now? Should you be working for so many hours? So I'm doing 24 for now. Okay. But at the same time, like j it just came in in July, right? That yeah. we need to do 24 hours only. Before that, we had like unlimited hours. I've never seen Christmas in Melbourne it goes mad like because it was so busy yeah. and uh, I just think that it was one of the wildest experiences I've ever had like uh, I was at Botanical and uh, there were like two, two chefs in each section and they had a separate menu going on mm. and I think generally the service goes on for three hours and then there's a break and then you prep and do the evening this one went on for six hours so it was like and the pace never stopped so the dockets were flying everywhere I was like how do you process this much so I think uh, the journey is so important to see that experience mm. like even to experience it as a third person do someone handling that you see they're so capable of doing so much more yeah. kind of that experience and you're still studying you said I'm still, I'm still so how studying. many hours is, is that a week so I'm studying I because I did my certificate three from La Corne Bleu yeah and uh, La Corne Bleu is big commitment I, I think uh, I was it's the first time I ever sat on the first bench for the whole year mm. took notes mm. every day uh, saw so many different things and after that I was like I have learned uh, a lot of it mm. And now I think what I need to learn while I was doing my placement was on ground while you were on the job mm. because I learned a lot there.
so i changed my college from lakota blue to acumen there's a college in city doing my certificate for from there so the hours are like uh, i have one practical and couple of theory classes a week so that goes to probably two days a week that i two or three days sometimes and then i get to work three days a week and then i'm working on this personal project that i just started about cooking culture connection i know so tell me about that so cooking culture connection is a very very fresh fresh baby uh, we just started it uh, one month back what the goal of that event is that we want people to come in together uh, we want to explain the culture uh, if supposedly i've i've chosen south indian food or if i've chosen the next event is egyptian food uh, we want to talk about the culture we want to set the table according to what it would be like in our heads uh for the things we're giving we set menus uh like four course menus and then people come in they get to meet each other so they connect there there's already already a common interest for food and then uh basically they're meeting each other they're talking about the food and then we start playing little games where you talk to each other about uh, your life and stuff so you bond basically on a family dinner table kind of a feeling and where is it we So right now uh, we just started off so we're doing it from our own homes. So we're setting up dinners for 6 to 8 people, setting a dinner table and then people come in and so that's in Docklands for now. Mm. So and when you say we that's your friend? Uh my friend's his name's Harsh. Uh he is uh, uh he is not into this field. He is into construction. Okay. But he's uh, during covid he found this insane passion for food come out because we all spend a lot of time at home yeah <laughs> so a lot of chefs were born during the covid phase like i said and his passion is cooking yeah. but he is stuck in a different job yeah so he wants this uh, to be the outlet of his passion mm. so me and him he was my client in amdavad like where i come from my hometown that's india Uh, what, what, which part of India is that? That's Gujarat. Yeah. So that's next to Bombay. It's yeah. in the west. So uh, when I used to, when I used to sell food there, uh, he used to buy food from me. Ah. So that's how we kind of know each other. Wow. But when I came to Melbourne a year and a half back, uh, we connected once again. But he had this idea of you know we can start something like that on small scale because as a student and as an international student coming in. there's so much going on like budget wise and uh, you know little things going on here and there that you need to manage that time mm. or commitment to do something new while your other things are going on there's a job going on there's studies going on so you, like i really need to be passionate to do this so you yes, also need a lot of hours in the day because <laughs> yeah 24 is just less yeah <laughs> Well, we 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 seem to manage it like he is very helpful in his own way. He loves cooking food, and uh, he really like we both respect each other's work because he has this hustling mindset of uh, I want to go and meet people. And even while I was coming here, I I told him that I'm going to meet you, and he was really excited because he loves meeting new people. Yeah. So that's how like we started uh, kind of thinking in similar thinking that we need to do something about food. we want to yeah. do something where it's not just food it's hospitality yes. hospitality starts from a simple dinner table doesn't it yeah, like how right. you treat people at your home really shows how you treat people outside mm. 
so that's what we really want to deliver in this that you know what like i want you to feel at home but at the same time you're going to be served some of the best food mm. and we're going to serve it with a smile and stuff like that and how do you so are you doing like an entree main and dessert or um so for now we're doing four course menus okay. so uh, there's basically canapé and so basically a starting thing with a welcome drink yeah that's our first course then uh, that's where you get like the ice breaking session where people meet each other introduce each other and then you shift to the dinner table where uh, you get your entree in like 15 20 minutes then people are eating having a chat and then we have like little play cards of uh, questions that we want each other to ask we have little notes and we have a whole menu in which there's a description of each dish so people ask us questions yeah describe it it goes on for like 45 minutes and then the main comes in and main is something that we've always decided it's going to be we're going to keep big bowls yeah and everyone's going to get served of course but it's going to be like a family thing where yeah. everyone gets to pick their food yeah and uh, so main course comes in and then uh dessert probably after you know everyone we just ask everyone do you want dessert now and my specialty basically is desserts because i used to sell it there mm. and uh, he completely trusts me with desserts so uh, i do the desserts by myself and so there that's that's how the flow is basically the menu goes and through. how are you researching the so so far you've had an indian one. south indian so, yes so that was a bit closer to home but what, <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um and then for the egyptian one how have you gone about deciding what to cook okay so uh, whatever we're trying to cook is something you wouldn't find in restaurants okay it has to be solely towards like streets local okay. but we're going to give it a modern touch we're not going to change like the main ingredients of it we just want to make sure that when two ingredients combine like they make sense mm. together it shouldn't be like garlic and milk or, you know basically it's just not it has to make sense so we research the ingredients yeah we research some of the dishes uh and then we start thinking okay do you want to do fusion of two egyptian dishes together or do you just want to do this as a traditional one mm. so like uh uh we're doing koshibo like there's a there's an egyptian dish which is mixture of pasta beans lentils and uh there's a spiced tomato curry that goes on top so that's like a family meal that we're doing and when then we researched it we saw that okay wow this is how a lot of people in asian times used to have their food like because everything's mixed together in and uh everyone gets to eat everything because it's like a mixture of things so we're going for that in our main course supposedly we find out which region is it from that's so when people ask we at least know you know that what we're trying to do is going to give you a little piece of the history or you know what that culture represents and is that from youtube instagram books where do, where are you oh getting? so this uh we have recipe books mm-hmm. and uh we obviously google some of it we see how it is and uh instagram as well so wherever you know wherever i find like even twitter helps sometimes weirdly uh, yeah. because there are so many locals talking about it okay 
and uh, i found it very interesting seeing that people talking on twitter even reddit for that matter yeah the people talking about so many things and there are food pages on it mm. even facebook has some pages that you know they talk about all these things so we try to get like different uh, perspectives and make our own with that you know like okay this is the dish that we're going to do mm. so that's the, for now like we're still learning stage we can make mistakes uh but i don't want to stop this mm. out of the fear that we're going to be wrong we're going to like push it and try to get a big thing going on later and who's your clientele how so, how do people find you so for now we're trying to use instagram and we're trying to go to meetups oh yes basically there are different types of meets meetups and uh, we go there and uh, basically we talk to the hosts that how do you kind of get people in coming in so uh, that way we can network and tell people that this is something that we like yeah uh, that this is something that we're trying to give so do you want to join in so we obviously they pay yes 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 <laughs> yes so they they come onto the page if they're interested they ask and then uh, they pay for the you know whatever basically we're charging 30 40 dollars yeah. for the whole thing uh because we just started off yeah wow but uh basically yeah so that happens uh then we sometimes uh the random people hitting us on instagram so that is also a lead and uh, we're trying to collaborate with other meetups as well who just started off so if supposedly someone's taking people for camping and they need food Ah. Right. So uh we can try and supply some food that's that way. That's a good way. idea. So that way like people start knowing that we're doing this. Yeah. And like it can be as basic as sandwiches or cookies, but it's it's just that they know what the story is and some of us are like me or Harsh will be present there to explain what's going on. Do you have to have a certified kitchen for that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, as like I've done certificate 3 luckily. <laughs> Now I'm I I have the food safety super like the okay, thing. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I have the safety thing going on yeah, as well. So, yeah. So there's a lot to think about isn't there when you're doing these Yeah, 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 yeah. True. But that's great. It sounds like you're really tapping into different markets as well. And the, the camping ones are an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try like we're trying to collaborate with different people who do yeah. different meetups. That's yeah. how like we have to shoot our shots everywhere for now. Yeah. So people know about us because once you once you're home or once you know that you're on the dinner table, I'm dead sure that it is going to be perfect. Yeah. But yeah. before that people are skeptical, you know, like you're going to someone's home. How do you directly yeah. come in? Yeah. But that experience that mindset once you're here that changes yeah. so that that way it's slow but it's going to be like it's going to take time but we will grow out of it mm. for sure so yeah gosh well done <laughs> so so what would be your hope would you want to keep doing that kind of thing or would you like to have your own restaurant or what would you what's your ideal so okay basically my idea would be uh this is to create a community of genuine people like who really know what we're doing and then later on once we once we think that okay the snowball effect has started we can think about growing this into a small van and if the van snowballs into something bigger then we open another like a small shop a cafe and then 
after a while probably will take a lot of time but once we research enough once we know enough about what we're doing uh, we can think about opening a restaurant in the future yeah that sort of a thing would be with harsh for me uh i like abioko i want to keep that going as well mm and but that would be more regarding uh, ca- not catering i would say but it would be more for parties mm. and that would not be hosting events it would be more regarding the pastries i'm doing or uh, if i'm doing an event i would want to cater them mm. and that would be also be tapping into a different sort of crowd mm. this one's for food enthusiasts mm. and this one would be more like if you're hosting something you want this x amount of food yeah so i want to do this yeah the third thing is i want to do a job where i learn everything i can so that i can give the other two meaning yeah cuz that's where the meaning comes from yeah me working somewhere learning from a chef and that's where i understand okay it's not just loving food it's about how you treat it every day mm-hmm. it's so important to like know that once you're home it, it like once you're home from a busy shift um, i can tell you 95% of chefs eat shit food yeah when they go home. but for me it's like okay when i'm home i want to make sure that i'm eating right mm. I'm, i'm making sure that i'm okay with my body so that my mind's okay to give you know give out so i'm trying to work on that routine where uh, i can manage all the three mm. and have a personal life at the same time Yeah. because all of this gives meaning to it or or else my day would be a little boring <laughs> <laughs> like i'm doing things continuously yeah. I, have the, i have the time i want to do it like you came from a job directly yeah which is insane as well yeah so like, you know like you're also this is not work this is no, something you right. like exactly that's it and um And this is going back to your mum because you know you started Abiyoko on the on her birthday. Yes. Um is she a great cook? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that's like the magic magic happened when she made me like taste her food again and again and then I started getting interested and I was like wow like this is not normal food this is really really tasty. Mm. and uh, i give her major credit for the way they brought me up because it's very frowned upon in india if supposedly my dad like my dad does a business right and the whole family does the same business in india and uh, what happens is you're the next one mm. like i'm the only child so i'm going to go in the business directly that's yeah. going to happen so uh, for me to break that pattern and come here was also a big thing so my mom supported me very much in this and uh, her seeing that i love food like defended everything like uh, people coming in and putting shots on me that why are you doing this mm. like even my own family telling me that you have a business going on you shouldn't do this but she was always protecting me yeah. with that layer you know what no nah. he wants to do this he does this mm. even if he like fails whatever let him do what he feels like and i absolutely like that that backing that mindset that came like coming here i needed someone to support me that way so that mom awesome cook better supporter yeah so that's that's like 
even dad for that matter but yes mom's like soft corner for me <laughs> yeah yes so what are some what's some food that you remember growing up with me uh so we had this uh i have this thing that every sunday we used to meet at my mom's uh basically my mom's mom as uh maternal grandparent and we used to have this family meal going on where we had uh there's a thing called potatoes basically cut in form of chips and cooked with indian spices it's called it's called chips nu shak that's what it says we have a uh, mango paste that's called amras and uh we used to have uh, basically semolina and water and baking soda mixed in that's called dhoklas we used to dip that into the mango paste and have it i was to always used to overeat those things that's why i gained the weight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so basically that with some roti or bread and having rice and a lentil curry which was a kind of sweet kind of thing so i i i i remember this because every sunday i used to overeat so much that my mom had to say stop you're going to get food again <laughs> this is not the last meal this is not your last meal i'm like mom i just don't know i can't seem to stop so <laughs> that is probably like that meal itself uh was the one that i remember and every time i go back home the first and the last meal has to be this like i have this on the first time i like arrive back and when i'm going i have to have this so that and my mom makes amazing red thai curry like coming from a hometown like in india you, like she has amazing cooking skills not for indian but like all these international curries wow. i'm like wow yeah because i was not used to such stuff and she made me taste it and all her sisters love food mm. so they always like search up different things and they come from an era where google was not that much so they used to find it in newspapers wow. where you know like these are the recipes and my uh, basically my mom's dad has a whole folder of recipes he's not like he he died like in covid but he has a whole folder of the newspapers from 1960s with the recipes and he cut it and he kept the folder with like 200 250 recipes and those are not on the internet yeah those are like handwritten ones and i'm like I have that folder and it's so close to my heart. Ah, of like, course. That's going to be like wow. It's like a golden mining thing. Yeah. That yeah. And that was th- so these guys had uh, recipes coming in from there and uh, basically those things going on. So yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's good. You come so you obviously come from a pedigree of food and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you want to share that with everyone. Of course. <laughs> but i recently participated in the world food championship yes tell me more about that so what is that so basically it uh, it's a culinary event where there were several like several categories of uh, food competitions like i participated in the vegetarian one but there were like other things going on so i had to apply online and then these guys ask what your favorite dish is what you know about it and what's your inspiration of cooking and then they decide the contestants according to if they like the answer they call you up they tell you okay that uh, this is what it is and if you want to come into the top 10 you compete okay and then basically i got into the top 10 of it wow and uh, uh 
I had to create dishes that come from across the world. Mm. Uh, so that's what the world part of it is. It's yeah. not a culinary competition. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. It's a world thing. So they want something from every like a culture or possibly a fusion of something around the world. So for me, I I I did not know this, but I I like opened a book, started writing things, and made my own dishes in my head. And it was I think uh, it's not it was because of our first competition ever. I think uh, it was a very good experience. I got the thrill of cooking in one hour. Yeah. I know it's a, it's not master chef, but it was still the feeling of you know being ready yeah. with two plates with your own mindset. Okay, yes, this is the dish you wanted to do, and then being like, okay, this is this is what I wanted to do, and reaching that goal in one hour was like wow. And what did you do? So first dish I did uh, was a potato roasty, but. It's a mixed vegetable roasty uh, that I combined with cornstarch so that it gets really crispy. I make sure all the liquids out, and it was served with broccoli puree, uh, roasted pumpkin infused with a little garlic, and orange slices. Wow! And that was that's also a dish that comes from back of my hometown, mm. where one of my mom's sister <laughs> made this dish. and uh basically that dish came around and i kind of changed the things in it but the feeling was the same and second dish was probably one of the best dishes i think that i have ever done it was a herb rosemary infused tart basically green in color completely uh filled with mushroom and cheddar custard uh topped with like uh chives spinach pesto and there was a glaze of orange caramel on the bottom with some orange segments around it and zest so that was sounds like, amazing that was that was a very good uh, dish for me so that was my world food championship like experience was amazing where was it it was in uh, melbourne exhibition art center oh okay okay so it was so in who the, are they who runs it uh, so this one is uh, I think it's run by uh, people from the US. Oh. They kind of have state not state I think country that have state like one of them is going on in Sydney right now. Mm. 30 and 31st August. They have one in Melbourne. So the people who win get a chance to go to Dallas for the World Food Championship in their category. So I think people are running it from there but the chefs i i might i think that you might know john mcferrin not sure but he he won the seafood category last year for the world he went to dallas and he won 100000 for winning that competition wow so he was the judge <laughs> this time and very wise very nice uh he was like he used to help me you know if i'm doing this he used to ask me like this is going on so it was it was pretty cool like i think uh, me just experiencing that itself yeah. like gives me like bonus or practical points of doing it outside yeah. by doing it at home it's way easier but when i did it in front of like of 10 people are watching me of course it was i thought that would be easy but there was there was i was under pressure yeah even in kitchens you're behind like you yeah, know yeah. like people are not seeing you that no way. that's right so this one was like different where people are seeing you and i'm like okay my hands are not dirty 
I'm just overthinking. Yeah, yeah. Stop washing your hands or yeah. stuff like that. Do you think you'll do more competitions? I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to participate in Master Chef, but I can't. No. Because I've done certificate three, yeah. and I've I have I don't have a PR here, mm. so because of that, they don't allow us to participate. Yeah. So I, th- I think there's a lot of other competitions though. Yeah, shifts, I'm trying yeah. to get in as many as I can because I love the thrill from the first one, Amazing. and I want to do more. And I think that's where I can actually yeah, get all the information that I've learned outside on a plate. Yeah. So that's the goal. Hopefully, more competitions happen. And yeah, I wasn't. I was like, I don't want to go for winning part of it. It's fine if I lose, yeah. but it's it's just the experience that I get out of it. That's what matters to me, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for telling me all, all your story. It's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Dev Gundy. I said in the podcast that Dev is running two Instagram accounts, but he's actually running three. So you can check out all the goodness on at Dev Gundy, that's D-E-V-G-A-N-D-H-I-I-I, at Abiyoko, which is A-B-B-I-O-C-C-Triple-O, and at cooking.culture.connection. And you can click on the link in that last page with the bio to find out more about the events that Dev talked about. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat and become a subscriber, which is good for me because I know you're there and I feel loved. And it's good for you because you can find out when the latest episode comes up. That's at www.conversationwithachef.com. I'd love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and bon appétit.